Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 67. This week on the episode, I talked to Austin of the band The Undertaking. We discussed a wide variety of topics, including the formation of the band, um, the versatility of their sound. You know, it's easy for a lot of people to want to put them in a, a box with bands like Maylene and the Sons of Disaster, uh, Every Time I Die, Glassjaw, you know, kind of that post-hardcore um, and metal type of, of scene. But as Austin and I talk about, you know, they've got a lot of different influences um, and have the versatility to to put out music that doesn't fit in that one box. Um, and I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, we also talked about their new album that drops on April the 30th called Funeral Psalms. You guys need to go pre-save that on Spotify, uh, Apple, Amazon, wherever you're getting your music. You know, definitely think you guys need to check that out. Uh, but for now, let's dive into my conversation with Austin from The Undertaking. So to kick things off, I do start off with the same boring-ass question every time, and that's simply introduce yourself, kind of your name, what you do in the band, and, and a little bit about the band as a background. Sure, you want me to get started? Yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm, uh, I'm, my name's Austin. I'm from The Undertaking. We're a chaotic rock uh, group out of San Diego. And uh, I'm the vocalist, and to not overcomplicate it, I just uh, yell into a microphone. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, talk a little bit about the the formation. You guys have been around for a little while now, but um, kind of, you know, how did it start for you guys? And know that this is the project that you wanted to do. Yeah, dude, we've uh, the 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 guitarist Keith and the drummer, uh, our drummer Brent. Uh, the three of us have been playing music together on and off since junior high school. So Keith and I were like in a punk band in junior high, and then we started playing hardcore music in high school. Uh, and then post-high school, we, we went to college and kind of started careers. Brent went out to Michigan, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, to go to college. And so then basically when he would come back into town uh, for summer breaks, we would get, we would get together and, and jam. Um, but then post-college kind of stopped playing, kept in touch. And then uh, the story for us in, in our current iteration is that in the summer of 2018, we were watching the like final, uh, the, like the swan song of, uh, of uh, uh, Warp Tour. Yeah. And all these bands are just like ripping these amazing shows. You see all these photos from, from all the different uh, uh, cities and uh, different uh, sets and stuff. And I think it just kicked up in us that longing of like, hey, we're not done. Like, we need to get back together and play music. And so then, like, a flurry of texts went out. And, uh, you, you know, it's hard to commit to something when you're getting five guys together. But it kind of just took, like, okay, on July 30th, uh, on a Monday night, we're going to meet together at like 8 p.m. And we're going to like chat about what this could look like. And we have a note on my, like, we're like super type A. So we like, 
you know, we have agendas and notes and stuff when we talk. And so there's like a, a list of like questions. It's like, all right, can we commit to like three months of trying to jam and see if anything comes up with it? And uh, it was very natural because everybody, uh, you know, John, we invited Johnny, a buddy of mine from, uh, from work. And uh, so, so it was the three of us who had been playing music together and then Johnny and just really quickly, like songs kind of came together. We dusted off some old demos that we had been throwing around for years and years and years to kind of just get uh, some structure of a song. And the next thing you know, we're in the studio recording this EP that we released in 2019. Because at that point, you're sitting there saying like, okay, we're, we're playing music and we're jamming. But then the next logical step is let's play some shows. How do you get shows? You need music. And uh, we just started, to, we hit up a buddy of ours and jumped into a little studio and recorded five songs, released that. And the next thing you know, in 2019, we uh, had played shows in San Diego, like once a month, trying not to like overplay the area, but just trying to get out there as much as possible. Uh, and then to like finish off the story, we then, started uh recording singles on our own in our home studios and doing stuff on on our own and then right when uh, uh covid hit we released one last single who's afraid of 11 wolves that kind of got some traction and got the interest of uh of labels and then that's when we got on the phone with solid state and then boom that's how we got here so pretty yeah. crazy in like two and a half years we went from nothing to to uh to sign to solid space crazy yeah well and I, I think that says a lot about you guys and the the vision that you have right like everybody's aligned with the same we want to do this this is how we want to proceed so it makes it a little easier to do stuff on the fly a little quicker versus you know those bands that are kind of stuck in the do we want to make the leap type of of situation yeah, well, if I can talk on that a moment, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it, it wasn't necessarily that we set out to, to, to become a real band, if I could say it that way, <laughs> but we wanted to get together and play music and then kind of accidentally came across like a cool sound that we were happy with. But because we have families, because we have full-time jobs and careers and like other stuff going on, there wasn't that kind of like lackadaisical approach to this where it's just like yo we're just getting together with our homies and playing some music and maybe we'll go to like play some shows at some venues it was very intentional uh and like quite the opposite where it's like okay if, if we say yes to this show we're we're taking time away from our families and um we're taking time away from jobs potentially and so every decision that we made had to be like a really good uh thought through intentional decision and then yeah because we took that approach then we treated this like a business from day one um because we had to right to protect our families in time and stuff yeah and I, I think you know that's something i've kind of touched on with a few bands that i've been interviewing you know here lately is the misconception that a lot of young kids have about the music industry and that you know you just have to be good and, and get found and everything works out and that's not really the case. There's a lot of hard work that goes into, you know, getting a label's interest or, you know, being able to do it full time, which obviously is the goal for anyone that plays music eventually. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of people don't think of these people that are in a band as business people. 
And there's so much business behind it that, you know, I think you could speak to that, obviously, that, it, like you said, it, it has to be intentional on your choices. Yeah, I mean, intentionality and, like, determination, too, just in the sense of, like, okay, we're going to put our heads down and, like, a, like a charge this hill and kind of check goals off. I don't like goals because sometimes goals set you up for failure if you, like, can't reach those. But, like, it seemed like every right. couple months if we put these things on paper, we would then charge that hill. And if it was, like, okay, get shows, record, different things like that, we just, like, dude, we just went for it. And then we were, like, oh, crap, like, if we – if we set these goals and put that out there, like it, 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 it drives us. And then those goals just kind of kept getting bigger and bigger and, and uh, treating it like a business ended up being a good thing for us. Cause then with a business, you have uh, networking and asking the right questions and meeting people. And then that's how we kind of fell into. Uh, so, so we're managed by Joey Bradford, who's the guitarist mm -hmm. that we use. Um, and then we're able to be exposed to kind of his network of people because we weren't afraid to ask the right questions to the right people. Uh, and Joey would attest to that. Like it just started as a conversation of, of him mastering one of our singles uh, about ghosts. And then it kind of just created this relationship then where we're able to bounce these ideas off of Joey. And the next thing you know, when Solid State and stuff gets involved, it becomes like a little bit bigger. And so then he's like officially managing us. And then we're kind of charging the hill together because we've networked and we've created this system in place. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, your, your case is a perfect example. You know, Joey's been in the industry for a long, long time. So, you know, not being afraid to ask those questions and, you know, getting him to do the production of a, a sing or the mastering of the single. Um, and then that kind of opening the door to, Hey, what else could you do for us? Or would you be willing to do for us? And just keep, you know, like you said, charging the hill, climbing that mountain step by step um, through positive uh, negotiations, if you will, to some extent. Well, well yeah, because then you just, it creates an environment where, shoot, yeah, it creates an environment where at some point nothing's off the table. Yeah. <laughs> like, at some point, okay, we got signed to solid state because we worked really hard and we're intentional about our decisions and we've created this team and it's like, okay, now what? We're about to release this album and we're going to put out songs and hopefully play some shows. But then after that, like, let's keep going and, and make this thing. Uh, let's take this uh, business, this band, wherever it's going to go. Then there's like no limits to what we can do now because, of us kind of putting everything in the right position. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, obviously late 2019, early 20, well, all of 2020, really, especially in the music industry was such a havoc causing year because nothing was running anymore. So for you guys to be able to still create music and write music and do production and all that throughout, you know, the pandemic, I think says a lot about kind of the drive that you guys have is it wasn't a, well, cool. Everything's shut down. So we're just going to shut down until we can get back. <laughs> I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll note on that. And, and I hope anybody who, who hears me say this doesn't take it as like pretension or <laughs> arrogance. Um, 
we're very competitive and like our guitarist Keith at some point was a, tri a professional triathlete for a while. It's like, once we kind of get the competitive spirit going, we just, we kind of just go until we win and that's yeah. not necessarily like a good quality. And so when we, when, when COVID ha happened and shut everything down, guess what? Everybody is on the same playing field. Yeah. And so even to a certain extent, like shoot i don't know how to say this yeah like to a certain extent people are hindered so so bands that were full-time bands can't tour anymore and so like a local at the time a local band like us now has almost like a leg up because these bands that were pushing and touring and and doing merch and all this crazy stuff then we're kind of like on the same level as them and and the reason i say i don't want it to sound pretentious is because i'm not saying that in any way arrogant it was just we saw an opportunity then for us to like go out and, and the way that our year went in 2020 which is just so bonkers is we released this so all shows got shut down in march 2020 so then we turned inward and said okay let's write this song so we did who's afraid of 11 wolf before we even had released it we were already planning on doing an, a three or four song ep especially as we started to see that covid wasn't going to just go away after the initial right. like four week quarantine and so it's like oh crap okay well, how do we how do we make this productive and so we are going to go back into the studio record three or four songs and put out an ep but then because we are already writing during covid we had a bunch of demos floating around there and so then when Joey and uh, Adam from Solid State and myself kind of got in the loop and got connected, it wasn't this huge leap for us then to go into the studio because we already had demos. Um, but again, it goes back to the idea that we saw an advantage that we could take. We, we saw something that we could take an advantage of, of let's use this time where nobody's playing shows and let's try to prepare our band so that we could get shot out of a cannon uh, when things got back yeah. to normal and oh my god were we not prepared for it to be solid state and releasing a full-length album we had anticipated maybe we'd be doing an ep and like trying to build the groundwork but because i think we were prepared johnny one of our guitarists always says that luck favors the prepared and and that was a situation mm -hmm. where we were like fully prepared to jump into the studio and, and record something so that's it's super cool man i'm not i mean like i say that all just with a huge smile on my face because I know how lucky we are and how crazy of an opportunity we've been given. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I totally agree with you. I, I said to a lot of bands, you know, because the podcast really, for me, started taking off through COVID as well because everybody's stuck at home. So it's easier yeah. to get in contact with people, things like that. Um, and you have captive audiences in music fans. So I talked to a lot of bands where I was like, you know, even though you may only have 15,000 followers on Facebook or whatever, and bands like Silverstein are at a million, they're doing the same thing that you're doing right now. That's sit at their house. What advantage exactly. do you have versus them? You know, so um, it, like you said, it leveled that playing field to where everybody had to go. What the hell do we do? Yeah. Do we, <laughs> do we try to wait it out? You know, initially that four to six weeks, I think a lot of people tried to wait it out thinking, okay, we're going to bounce back. And then it was, no, we're shutting everything down. No live concerts, no, you know, gatherings, more than like five people, even if they're family, all that sort of stuff. And I think a lot of your career artists, like, you know, Silverstein's a good example. They did a lot of stuff throughout quarantine, but like 
someone with a fan base like that that's been around forever had to reinvent themselves to some extent because this is nothing that we've ever experienced before. And I think that's where you guys have an advantage is you're, you're still in that development stage to some extent. So you could say, cool, we're just going to make this work our way because we can't get out and play a show. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of that comes down to two then making the right decisions and saying no to certain things. Like I know some bands that put a ton of money into like a live stream performance. And, and, and mm-hmm. you saw a couple bands at the beginning of quarantine be very, very successful with that. Um, but then I think people kind of got over it. And I think that there was then yeah. a lot of money that got lost by putting money into production and trying to, tr- trying to be under oath. Cause I don't know if you saw under oath live stream thing, mm-hmm. like the production was just insane and lighting and camera yeah. work. And then that like up the game on everybody else, the people are trying to chase that. So then why I bring that up is because then for us, it was very much like, a oh, no, we're not doing a live stream because one, our music's not going to translate to people watching it on a computer. And two, nobody really knows us. So let's like save that money, save that energy. And so then what we did is we filmed the music video. We wrote, we recorded. Okay, now the album's done. We signed a solid state. We can't announce. Let's go film some more music videos and let's get all prepared. And so, so we have all this content now that we're starting to roll out from the music video that we put out with no friends. And obviously the album we're about to do, we did some like behind the scenes uh, studio footage where we played a couple of our songs live and that's going to come out in the next couple of weeks. And so just trying to get like all these little ducks in a row so that as soon as things start to open up, like I said, we could kind of shoot ourselves out of the cannon and just come out like full, yeah. full, uh, full guns a blazing. And I, I think we're starting to see that a little bit, which is exciting. Cause then you start to realize like, okay, the plan we put into place is actually working. It's like, wait, what's going on? We made good decisions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, under Earth's a great example. Um, I used dropkick Murphy's as an example, like they played sure. a show at Fenway park during quarantine and it's like, yeah, man, obviously no other band, but them can do that. But like, Switchfoot, Switchfoot, how much money? Uh, Switchfoot played at Petco Park. Yeah. Same thing. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like you said, how much money are you putting into that? And what's the real return on investment? And then, like, from a musician side of things, cool, I'm playing my music quote unquote live, but I can't see any fans. I don't know what the reactions are. You know, you you don't get that feeling, that energy, like you're saying. So I think you guys made a perfect plan with let's build all the content so that we can get more hype around us and the album. And then now as things start to open up, like, cool, here's a show. I've been watching this band for the last, you know, month, two months, whatever. I'm going out and seeing this. Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying it's perfect plan. I mean, I don't know. We, we could have done perfect maybe a stretch. I, <laughs> no, no, I appreciate you saying that because it's something we're pretty happy with how things are kind of turning out. And, and not, to knock, not to knock anybody who did live streams. I mean, I know everybody was kind of working hard trying to do their own thing. And, I mean, it was really fun to see how the whole music industry kind of pivoted during COVID. Uh, and then I think the thing I'm, I'm most excited about coming into 2021 now, and it's also a little bit frightening, is, uh, there's going to be a, a ton of a good, good music coming out. Mm-hmm. And that's going to make this industry competitive. And I don't mean competitive in a bad way. I mean, it's just like, let's, let's everybody, like, we had an opportunity to write the best music we could during COVID and quarantine. 
So there's going to yeah. be some really good stuff coming out. And then especially when shows are coming back, I mean, venues are going to, it's going to be so hard to book a tour or get shows because it's just going to be packed. I mean, maybe if right. things work out, but I'm really excited. I hope the industry kind of comes back guns a blazing and everybody's coming out hot. We have a, we have a good couple of years here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think if it's done right, the, the rollout of live music is probably going to be the biggest, like, I guess, economically, let's talk about it. You know, it is a business economically. It's going to be the biggest boom theoretically that the music industry's ever had because we went a full year without live shows. And so my, so my fear is there's going to be a learning curve because as we open up venues yeah. and hopefully we do it responsibly, I think people are going to be a little bit leery to show up. But my encouragement to people, and if you're listening to this or even what, however this gets out there, is like I hope people support the music industry. And mm -hmm. I don't say this in any sort of like a finger pointing way, but like that's especially for full-time bands. I mean, as they go on the road, that's going to be just a huge risk. And I hope people show up um, and I hope people are able to purchase merch and they're in a position where they can support these bands. Cause like you said, man, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bonkers year and there's going to be so much good music coming through your city. And hopefully people who took a year away, not took a year, it was taken away. Right. <laughs> like you didn't have live music for a year. Like hopefully people actually go out and support it and go to shows. Cause that's just going to be the biggest litmus test to see if we're ready to come back. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, my site and the podcast is called You Make the Scene. And basically that came from the idea that everyone all the way, you know, if you want to call it down, down to the fan, you know, all the way up through the stage hands, the lighting crew, all that stuff up to the artist. Yeah. Like that's what makes the music industry. It's not, you know, if, if the fans weren't there, bands like All Time Low are not selling out you know arenas but you know with all of us being in this together and like you said if we're responsible as we bring music live music back um i i really think that the next two to three years are going to be some of the most financially successful for the industry but also rewarding for fans because like you said there's so much new and and talented music coming out because they've had time to, to kind of hone in on what they want to do. Well, dude, I mean, like, you just look at all the bands that have released music this year so far, and I know, like, every time I die, I've been sitting on this album for, uh, like, a year and a half now, because yeah. they're just waiting to put out stuff until uh, shows happen, and hopefully there's more bands that we find out. Like, oh, yeah, we recorded an album last year, we're just sitting on it, and that's just so cool, man. I mean, yeah. what, a, what a cool time to be a fan of music is just... Uh, glutton of good good new content pretty rad yeah absolutely so let's dive into uh some details about your album um it's called funeral psalms comes out on april 30th um you guys are partnered up with solid state as we've kind of touched on a little bit um you know solid state has always been one of those labels that just has a killer roster what did it mean to you when when you guys started you know those conversations to look at that roster and go shit, we can be a part of this. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a, I mean, I can't sugarcoat it any more than the fact that it was a dream come true. So being in San Diego, 
Uh, I'm in my middle, I'm in my, my mid thirties. I'm saying that weird. I'm in my mid thirties. It's a mouthful. Uh, and, and everybody in our band kind of grew up listening to solid state, some of those labels from, uh, like 2003, 2010 or so. And so bands like the chariot, I mean, I'm ironically wearing a chariot shirt, uh, under oath, uh, as cities burns, Norma Jean, like those were some of the biggest influences on us as, uh, like teenagers and, and younger kids. And so when the opportunity came up to sign with Solid State, it, it kind of was just a no-brainer. I mean, in the in the in the most uh, tongue-in-cheek way, like Solid State, we we they could have charged us to join their label, and we would have paid right. money to do this. And like <laughs> the opposite is they like we got a cool deal and we're able to make some music. So, anyways, yeah, like it was just a dream come true for us, and kind of like the uh, dream opportunity for us to join a label that we always looked up to, and then obviously. Uh, currently, the roster is pretty rad with some cool uh, up-and-coming bands like like Lightworker, Earthgrounds, and then you have some of these bigger bands like Devil Wars Prada, Fit for a King, Silent Planet, Wolf of the Gate. I mean, there's some like really cool stuff going on on the label right now, and it's been fun to, to be a part of that and get to know some of these people. Uh, and then as we kind of move forward and push, I, I always want to kind of be on the cutting edge of, of what music's doing, and I think Solid State's always had a good pulse on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that they do better than some other lanes um, is the vision and, and creative control that they leave in the hands of the bands. Like, they know how to help you get to the next level and, you know, how to help you get along, but they're not going to dictate to you the new sound that you need to make or whatever. They're going to let you, you know, create what you want to create from an art standpoint honestly i could talk on that note right there for an hour because uh, working with solid state has been so rad from from adam and a and r and then like tyson and marshall who are the guys who run their socials and help us with all the media i mean it's been so sick and in like from a from a Oh, shoot, I don't know how to say it, but but basically what happened is we sign our contract, we go to the studio, we send Adam some demos, so they at least like know a little bit of what we're doing, yeah. but there is no micromanaging at all, zero, in the entire process of what we wrote and how we wrote it and how we recorded it, and then we present this album to them, and there are zero notes, and it's just like, yeah, this is this is sick. And so then for, for artists to be able to say, okay, the label trusts us to achieve our goal because they've like opened up this door for us to walk through. There's so much empowerment for us as a band to achieve that, uh, that look and that feel and that vibe that we have. And then to be able to partner with them with the album artwork and Adam, uh, the, Adam Scatula, the A&R guy for Solid State and Tooth and Nail, uh, he kind of art directed our album. And so for him, for us to be able to give him the creative control to do the artwork and some of the visual stuff that we've been putting out with funeral songs, like was just so rad because there was a ton of synergy between like what we kind of had in mind for the album and then what he took and ran with, with the artist Trey Hales, uh, kind of an up and coming artist uh, who works with counterparts and a couple labels around uh, in the industry. And so that was cool. And then to kind of allow them to trust us to film these music videos. So like there's no oversight in us doing the no friends music video where we piled into like the tiniest room possible, like all five of us and just like created this like chaotic feel and we're able to send that to them. And they're just like, you know, 
thumbs up. Like, this is really cool. Um, yeah. So that's been like so important to us just to be able to have the freedom to create the music and the artwork and the vibe that we're going out to create and for them to have signed us and brought them on the fam on into their family to be us uh, is super refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah I said, I like I said, man, I'm super passionate about it because that's a huge deal. I mean, micromanaging would suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've heard, obviously, I've been doing music journalism for 16 years now. So I've talked to, to bands on major labels, indies, DIY, you know, all of that. And, you know, I've, I've heard those horror stories of, well, you know, we sent the demos for that album and it flopped because we got this 19 page book back of everything they wanted to change. And it's like, okay, but if you're not authentic and passionate about the music and art that you're putting out, it's never going to translate to the fans. Yeah. Well, th there's a little bit of a, a trust factor too. Like if they're going to trust us to go out and make the best songs that we can, we're going to try to go out and make the best music we can. And then if, if the opposite, if they don't trust us, we're going to be in the back of our head the entire time thinking like, Oh shoot, I don't know if they're going to like this idea. And then they're off. They're saying the same thing of on the other end, they're like, Oh, like we don't really know what's going to come out of the studio here. Um, but there's a lot of transparency involved too. Like we have a Dropbox that has our demos and has working files for like the next round of songs and stuff. And Adam's in there. So if he ever wanted to peep, uh, peep any of those songs, he could, he could take a look. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're also open to notes too. If anybody came through and said like, Oh, Hey, this song didn't quite hit as much. Like maybe don't do that on the next album. Like, that that's super helpful too so it's not like we want to just be like free falling into the industry right. <laughs> like we everybody wants some boundaries and some guardrails so i think that that's going to be a fun part as we kind of go into the studio and do a second album and kind of keep moving forward but again like we we haven't even released this song this album yet and we're like already moving on to the next like next batch of songs <laughs> yeah but i i think that just goes back to what you said earlier about being so driven and even though you don't want to necessarily say that we have set goals, you know, in the back of your mind, there's, there's some achievements that you want to want to get to. So I think that plays a factor in it that, you know, okay, we've been through this process recording a full length. Now, now we have new ideas and little spins and tweaks that we'd like to do. So mm -hmm. working on that new music makes sense, even though, you know, we're still about two weeks away from the drop of the first album. Yeah, well, that's actually a fun, I feel like this is like a very unrefined area. It's like a, to, to speak on recording this or, or demoing out songs right now is we kind of have an idea of what we want to achieve with our sound moving forward, which is not much different than what we did on Funeral Thompson. And I, I, I don't mean to say that we try to change anything up because we're so proud on, of, of what we uh, recorded and what we're putting out. But then there's like these like kind of unrefined, unfiltered ideas that are popping out right now. And then what's going to be really interesting is to find out which songs then resonate with the audience. And then not to say that we would change our style or our approach based on what people listen to. But if one song on the album kind of takes some, gets some traction and is maybe one of the more popular songs, we might then take the ideas that we're working on right now and then maybe kind of refine them a little bit to reflect like what people want. 
And also, who cares? We're going to do whatever we want anyways. But it's kind right. of fun. It's a fun experiment to, to kind of hear what people gravitate towards. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, the, the nice thing with having some demos in the back pocket, if you will, like you said, you can kind of see, okay, this, this song didn't catch people as much. We know that this demo, we're not going to be able to, to change that sound. It's, you know, it's too similar to that. So maybe that song doesn't progress any further. It helps you kind of, like you said, uh, align the, the vision with the fans that, okay, you guys are really resonating with our heavy stuff. Let's make sure that we're doing, not, you know, not to pander to them. And that's probably a negative word, but you know what I mean? Like not making it strictly yeah, for yeah. them, but at the same time, like, you don't want to put out an acoustic album when the whole fan base is like, no, we just want your heavy shit. It, well, that's, that's what it is. And, and did, did you listen to the full album? Yeah, I've listened to it uh, once through and I'm getting ready to work up an album review on it. So Awesome. Awesome. Dude, I'm stoked that you heard it. So, so then that's interesting because there, you kind of, you kind of see that we're in, uh, we're in a ballpark and the whole album is cohesive from mm -hmm. song one to song 11, but then there's really no box to which we play in. So there's still one sound that embodies the whole thing, but we're like really careful not to say that we can't do this or we shouldn't do this. So, so, so for us, like any and all ideas are on the table at any point. And I think that that's like the exciting and kind of dangerous aspect of writing. Cause then there's like, you hear on the album, there's some clean vocals. There's obviously the heavy stuff and we're kind of playing around with different choruses and uh, shaping of song structure and stuff. And, and so then, yeah, that's where we're really intrigued to hear what people attach themselves to, because then there's a song on their uh, song, I think six, which is nostalgia can be a nasty beast. Oh, it's song seven. Nostalgia can be a nasty beast. Yep. And it's literally like a minute and a half, just like insane chaos. There's no rhyme or reason to like, where we're going or where we've been and if that's like what people are attached to then like our next album could potentially be a little bit more unhinged but on a song like demon season there is a proper verse and a chorus and and you can kind of hear some of like the more uh post-hardcore emo like influences kind of come out on that and if people are gravi yeah. gravitate towards that it might be interesting to kind of tease that out a little bit more on the next one so anyways all that to say it's very exciting because we can do whatever we want <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I think it's it's always you know that first album you should want to be like you said more of the ballpark we we can do these few different things mm -hmm. um use it kind of as that showcase that hey you know, we can we can go as hard as we want, or we can lighten up and again see kind of where fans are are resonating. Yeah. And then you know, on that next album, like, okay, maybe we only put one light song on there because everybody was really into the heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and too, like all this to say, we could change our style dramatically and do something completely different on the next one. And again, that's what I kind of what I said. Like, we can do anything at this point that's that's really exciting <laughs> yeah but and i've i've been trying to to kill the genre boxes for a while now um because especially nowadays it's so fluid like bands like yourself that you can be in that heavy metal type of scene you can be in the post-hardcore the emo like you've got so many 
tools in your your box here that why label you as oh they're a metal band you're you, not yeah you <laughs> i could get i could get fired up about that because people so often want to put some sort of label on us or 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 a genre and it's like not that we're genre proof because you could put us wherever you want but we kind of want to be flexible yeah and so then if there's a tour that comes up that might not be as heavy we could make uh we could make a, a set that's a little softer we could go full bore and get really heavy and aggressive and then even from a listener standpoint i want to attract as many people as possible and that's where uh the rollout's been really fun where uh today is the 14th so on april 16 we're releasing take me down the river which has this kind of big sweeping chorus where our guitarist is doing some arpeggio stuff underneath and that's not really something we do on any of the other songs but if that's what somebody needed to uh get attached to our band is me maybe doing a little bit more of a clean chorus like let's go because i want to yeah. i want to attract that person as much as i want to attract the person who just wants very very heavy aggressive music yeah and I, I think you know you you touched on it briefly there the versatility that you have um opens the doors for no matter who wants to bring you out on on tour right like cool we can go out with memphis mayfire we could go out with the use we could go out with bring yep. me the horizon like we don't have to be stuck in a box where cool we're only playing with white chapel and under oath you know like what do we do right well and that that allows you the opportunity to get into more more eyeballs more ears more people could get to see you and i think that that's really exciting uh as a potential just yeah like you know we we could be the heaviest band on a lighter set uh, a, a lineup or the heavy the lighter band lightest band on a on another lineup and who knows <laughs> there's this big sliding scale and right, i love that right. <laughs> yeah absolutely and I, I think that's the perfect place to be in right like if you're stuck in that box okay we only have four tours that we could go on this year but not yeah, being exactly. stuck in that box we can go out with anybody um so you said that you guys have built some content, you've got some videos, um, some behind the scenes type stuff as well. Um, new track comes out the 16th, which is this Friday. Um, what are you allowed to disclose as far as leading up to the album, um, kind of what those are gonna look like? Yeah, I, got, I can tell you everything. So <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, two, two weeks ago, we released, or we recorded two music videos. So we're, we're going to have a music video come out uh, with the album uh, on the 30th. We'll have a music video for, and everything worked out just fine, which has uh, Cove from Seosin slash Dead American on that song. Uh, so we're super pumped on that. It's kind of like the feature track of the album. Uh, so we'll have a music video for that. And then uh, later in like May or June, we'll release a music video for Take Me Down the River. Uh, and then the live and behind the scenes footage, some of that might start to come out next week. And then we, we recorded a live version of O Negative and a song on the album called Wrenches. Uh, and so I think that that might end up on a, uh, on a live stream type of thing that's coming out in a couple of weeks. So there's, there's a lot of stuff going in the works that we're, we're pretty stoked on just to kind of uh, 
get our name out there, get our faces out there and, and attract as many people as possible. Cause you know, we're still a very small little baby band out of San Diego. So we want to try to uh, cast our net out as wide as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously we don't know exactly when everything opens up and how, you know, how quickly things are going to progress, but let's say in a perfect world for the remainder of the year, what would be the ideal situation for you guys as far as getting out on the road and, you know, really getting into the touring yeah. and, and that side of things? We're, we're starting to actually have some conversations about hitting uh, the road in October. Um, I'm so curious what the rollout for shows looks like and, you know, hopefully the numbers for COVID and all that stuff keep going down. Uh, Cause the worst thing that could happen for us is to have like a big skyrocket in numbers and then kind of go back into our tiered system. But in California, we're trying to get rid of the colored tier system in June. And then I think like June 15 is the date that venues can open like in full capacity and stuff. If everything keeps going as planned. So, so, so realistically we would then start to, uh, realistically, what we would try to do is probably play a couple local shows in San Diego, June, July, maybe July, July, August, like kind of to dust off our guitars and make sure we yeah. can play again. <laughs> right, right. And, and then, yeah, if we could hit the road in October and then maybe plan something bigger in 2022, it's probably a very realistic thing for us. Because uh, then I don't want to like jump the gun and say that we're going to be hitting the road a bunch and this year right. if, if it doesn't really work out. And yeah. I mean, to be honest, a, a band our level, and I'm sure you've talked to people as well, like a lot of the shows that are going to take up bandwidth the rest of this year are the shows that the, the tours and the shows that had been on hold for 2020. Right. And so I honestly think out, I like, I'm not saying this and I'm not crying about it, but I think we missed out on a lot of like those opportunities because those were already planned, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Not, I mean, I would agree with that to some extent that, you know, it's, it's a missed opportunity, but at the same time, who could have ever guessed, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, for sure. Nobody for sure. ever could have guessed that this was all going to happen and how serious it was going to end up being. Um, but no, I think that's a, a great kind of game plan. And like you said, getting out and doing some shows, hopefully before the October tour uh, kickoff and whatnot. Because also, fans may or may not realize, I mean, more of your hardcore music fans that are really involved uh, probably realize it, but you know, the way that a song sounds on an album is not always the way that it's gonna sound live. So figuring out set lists and where's the energy spiking in these songs and how do we play these and perform our art to where people are still resonating with it? Well, one, that's the exciting part is because we, we all live in San Diego and we've all, all kind of been a part of our bubble this entire time. So we've played music together this entire quarantine. And so two weeks ago, Monday night, we actually kind of came up with her, our set. And so we jammed it out. And then this past Monday, we jammed it out again uh, and so we're already trying to kind of finesse that and see what a set could look like, especially with our new music. And yeah, like you're saying, like, where does the energy kind of lose itself and kind of build something that has an ebb and a flow that's a proper set. So we're, we're getting ready for that so that if an opportunity pops up next week, we'd be ready to say yes to it and have a set that we're 
at least semi-dialed on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome, man. That's really everything I've got for you. So we're going to end this with um, probably two of the, the more difficult questions, but they're also extremely lighthearted. So number one is when the album drops, April 30th, what's the very first song people need to check out from you? I. Uh, Dude, dude, I I hate to say this, but I would love I would love for people to listen to the whole thing just like in one sitting. I think it's a rewarding uh, listen to 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 hear kind of what we put together. And, and then selfishly, I mean, as soon as you press play on track one, the song problem with being included in the apocalypse like just comes out and like kind of kicks you in the nuts as soon as it starts, which is fun. Um, but truth is they'll probably be listening to and everything worked out just fine which is a little bit of a mouthful to say but that that's the song that ends the album which is all to say like this has been a bad year and like life sucks but hey everything worked out everything's fine and so that's the song with Cove and there's like a pretty killer breakdown at the end of that song that we're stoked on so so I mean Dude, any of the songs. If, if people are listening to them, we're, we're stoked. That's, that's part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And then the, the one that is probably a little more difficult, in a perfect world, if you got to go out on tour with three other bands, you, you're going to be the opening band for it. Who are the three bands in a perfect world that you would go out with? Uh, I'll, I'll stay in-house, man. Uh, so, so Joey, our manager, manages us, Dragged Under, uh, which is a band out of Seattle, and Dead American, which is Cove, uh, uh, Cove's new band. I mean, that would be such a fun lineup. It's so like a little Joey's family band tour with us, Dragon yeah. Under and Dead American. I would love to, in the in a dream world, I would love to go on tour with somebody like Chariot. I think that, but obviously they're not around anymore, but that would be super fun. Like something like the Chariot and Under Oath, that, that, would, be a, that would be a sick little tour. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a reunion tour. Maybe COVID sparked them back up and, and we'll get a reunion tour and you can open for it. Oh, man, that would be so dope. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, we'll get all this put together and, and put out there for you guys. I'm really excited to uh, kind of deep dive into the album. Like I said, I've listened to it once through, but I really want to deep dive into some of this because I think you've got a killer sound. Um, I think there's tons of potential in this album. And I think, you know, if it gets in front of the right people, it's going to hit just right. Yeah, man, we're stoked. Thanks for saying that. And I, I, I'm stoked to hear what you think about the whole thing. Like, as you kind of take a deep dive, I, I think uh, it's going to be fun to play it live. We have a pretty bonkers little live show that we put together for people and just jumping on, jumping around and not staying on stage. So I think it'll be fun once people start to see like what we're all about this is kind of step one is listen to our music, get to know it. And then when you come out to a show, get ready to jump on stage and sing along. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last thing, um, I'm going to obviously link all your socials and everything, but go ahead, throw those out. And then anything you want to tell fans, um, you know, as the album's getting ready to drop. Yeah, dude. Thanks. Thanks for having us on. I, I know, uh, you know, doing a podcast like this is cool for the industry because you get to promote and like build up other bands and, and let people know about stuff, which is really cool. Um, but for us, I mean, the biggest thing that we ask is we're all fighting the algorithms these days. So even like on a podcast like this, like rate and review, give us five stars. And for, for bands, yep. there's the algorithm involved with Spotify and, and YouTube. And so just by clicking follow on our, on our Spotify account is a huge help. 
And I, I've been telling people like, no matter who you listen to, it's not just us, any bands that you support and you, you love, follow them on Spotify. Cause that's a really big thing for the Spotify algorithm. Uh, and then for us, uh, the Instagram, the undertaking rocks, we have a website, the undertaking rocks.com, uh, pre-order our vinyl at solidstate.com or, uh, grab some merch at our big cartel. But anyway, we, you guys support us. We really appreciate it. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to all this and, you know, hopefully COVID will go away and I'll be able to catch you guys out on tour. Yeah, dude, we would love it. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, not a problem, man. Have a good night. Sweet. Thanks, bud. Yeah, are we good to go? Yeah, we're good. All right, thanks for having us on, man. That was fun. Uh, good chatting with you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, I'll hit <laughs> you guys up when it goes live and everything. It'll be uh, whatever next Wednesday is. Uh, the, is that the 21st? So a little bit okay. before the album yeah, drops good. and everything. So cool. No, that's perfect. And then, yeah, tag us and we'll we'll promote the heck out of this thing. So I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, cool, man. Dude. I appreciate it. Have a good night. All one. right, man. Have a good night. Yeah. Later. And that was my conversation with Austin from The Undertaking. Huge thank you to him for taking the time to do the interview. I'm really digging the sound that they've got. Funeral Psalms, the new album, the debut album, comes out April the 30th. They're on Solid State Records. Um, It's just a, a great album that especially the the hardcore and metal fans I think are going to gravitate towards because there's definitely a strong influence in that. But I think this is an album that um, is going to hit a, a variety of fan bases. Um, and uh, as Austin and I talked about, you know, they've got that versatility to go out and do shows with a number of different bands and styles of bands. So as touring begins again, you know, hopefully we'll be able to see them out on tour with bands that we all know and love and, you know, people can start discovering the undertaking uh, in that live music sort of setup. Uh, It's an interesting time for them because they've not really played many live shows, like big live shows. Uh, So... You know, I think it'll be super cool for fans as well as the band um, to get out there and just kill it on stage and really let loose the creativity and the uh, the passion that they've got for the music that they're creating. Um, you know, COVID is not the easiest time to begin a band or, you know, release music and they've done just that. So really think you guys need to put them on your radar. I know I say that a lot. I may be biased. My music taste, I believe is pretty good. Um, so (laughs) want you guys to check them out again, that new album, the debut album is called funeral Psalms and that drops on April the 30th. Go pre-save it. Go check out the music that they've already released. Um, we're going to have links to all their socials and, and things like that in the bio, or in the description of this podcast. Uh, if you 
go to the website version of the podcast, youmakethescene.com slash podcast. Um, on this particular episode, there will also be a music video uh, embedded in there that you can check out. But I really think it's, a, again, an album that is going to hit a lot of different fan bases and really think that you guys need to check out. So um, let us know what you think of the album um, when it comes out. But also let us know what you think of this episode. I'm always looking for feedback. Would love to hear what kind of artist you want us to have on. Um, any, you know, recommendations and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where we're at. And I think for now, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So what we will do is take you out with a song by The Undertaking off their new album, Funeral Psalms. And that song is going to be Take Me Down to the River their newest single. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.